Welcome to the Radiant Life Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we pray will inspire your heart and challenge your faith. For more information on RLC, please visit myrlc.family or check us out on social media. Have a blessed day. Now here's your message. Amen. I hope you stay this talkative while I'm preaching, like not to each other, but like back to me. Like, that's good. Hey, preach. Like, hey, it's good to see everybody here this morning. We're going to jump into the message in just a moment. Uh, but I wanted to bring a need to your attention because here at Radiant Life Church, I know that we love being a blessing, right? When there's a need, we're like, hey, we're all in. How can we help? Uh, if you were not aware, uh, a number of, a couple years ago, uh, the membership voted uh, for us to be able to purchase a, a duplex. Uh, or a triplex or whatever it would be in order to be able to help uh, part-time staff and then also use the other half for something that I'll talk to you about in just a moment. Uh, and we did that. And so just a few short weeks ago, we closed on a duplex in Barberton. And uh, it's, I think it's like 80 years old. It's in great shape, but it just needs a little TLC, right? So we have to paint ceilings. We have to put some new light fixtures in. Uh, just got a new roof put on it. So, so things are going really well, but we could use some help. So if you're like, hey, I can paint or I can wash cabinets, I can put new contact paper in those cabinets. Uh, hey, I know a little bit about electricity and won't um, you know, burn the place down. That would be helpful too. And uh, uh, so here's the deal. If you're interested in helping, just see Pastor Angel, my wife, after service. Or if you're in our Facebook group, you can go into that group and you'll see a thread in there. And uh, at both, on both sides of the duplex, there are a list of things that need to be done. And uh, we want to be able to get in there as soon as possible. And so Pastor Phil and Emily will be on one side. The other half, this is so exciting for us because we have a heart of missions. We gave over $100,000 to missions last year. The other half of the duplex will be used to house missionaries. So our missionaries, what they do is they have a rotation of, they, have, they serve four years in whatever country they're in, then they have to come home and I, what's called itineration, raise more funds for a full year, and then they go back to their country. Well, before they go to their country, they typically sell everything they own because they can't take it with them, right? And so they sell everything they own. And then when they come home, they have nothing except for what they brought back with them. And so the other half of that duplex is, is going to be fully furnished, like everything you can think of already there, beds, couches, they have to bring nothing all the plates, silverware, everything will be there for them to be able to stay and itinerate uh, from the, right there in Barberton, Ohio, because of your generosity. So thank you, one, for being generous, and thank you for being willing to help. Yeah, come on. The Lord is good. Uh, amazing. We talked to our missions director down in Columbus, and uh, she was like, this is absolutely amazing. I'm, I can already tell you when people are coming home, when they're itinerating, and I know this will be a blessing to them. So thanks. Your blessing becomes a blessing, so thank you for your generosity. Uh, as we jump into the second part of this series that we've entitled The Power of Choice, so choose wisely. Uh, last week we kicked it off, we, we dove in, and uh, we talked about choosing to be set apart. Now understand, you're going to get used to this graphic uh, because it's going to be up here for the next nine weeks uh, because there's a lot of choices that we make on a daily basis. There are a lot of choices, right, that we see all throughout Scripture. And uh, today um, we're going to be jumping in and we're going to be talking about uh, the choice of forgiveness. You can choose to forgive. Our theme verse is Joshua 24, 15. It says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose 
for yourselves this day whom you will serve. And so you see there is power of choice. Joshua is saying, listen, you have to choose who you're going to serve. And then Joshua doubles down like, hey, we're, we're all in. And so I'm on, I'm on team Jesus, I'm on team God. And so that's who we're gonna serve. And so we have a choice every week. And so last week we had, a, we had to make a choice. Are we gonna choose to live set apart? And today we're gonna be looking at, am I willing to choose to forgive? Uh, before I jump in, I need a volunteer who's not afraid to do some walking. Who's, who's willing to maybe do a little bit of walking? Josh, you want to do some walking? Good. Come on up here, buddy. I got a prize for you. I'm so generous because you're generous. And uh, so we're rationing toilet paper here at RLC. And um, I'm just kidding. We're not. Uh, you can use, you're allowed to use more than five squares. So I'm going to give this to you as a gift. Thanks for being my friend. And uh, here's a Sharpie. And so I want you to do me a favor on that piece of toilet paper. So you can go back to your seat. On that piece of toilet paper, I want you to write either a person's name down or a grievance of someone that has hurt you. Okay? (laughs) He's like, great. I got my wife on one side and my mom on the other. Who am I going to pick? Like, no, don't write either of their names. That's a bad idea. All right? But I want you to write down like either somebody's name who's caused you pain, who's caused you hurt, who's who's, who's done something to that you're like, man, that, that hurt really bad. Could be from elementary school, could be yesterday, right? They didn't serve your food hot, whatever it was. Um, but I want you to write that down. And here's what I want you to do it. When you're done writing it down, we're not gonna shame you because we know what you're gonna be doing because we're telling everybody. I want you to crumble it up and I want you to find the nearest restroom and I want you to flush it down the toilet. Okay, you got that? Pretty good instructions? All right, so go ahead and take care of that and you'll see why in just a minute. Uh, By a show of hands, this is just me being curious. And by me being curious, it means we're probably all gonna raise our hands. Uh, By a show of hands, how many of you have ever been hurt by someone? Okay, this is not the the best time to look to your left or right. It's a bad idea. Just let you know, just rate, okay? And so we all are on the same team. We're on the same boat this morning that that all of us have some type of pain and hurt. I've noticed uh, throughout the years of working with people Um, that basically by the odds that there are people who are either watching online or in the room that the front door of your heart right now in this moment is pain or hurt. If we were to open up that door, we would see pain, we would see hurt. There may be, maybe it's bitterness, maybe it's unforgiveness. And just by odds, there's someone in the room today and maybe more than one who you're wounded. You've been lied to, you've been taken advantage of. he, even when I said we were going to be talking about forgiveness, you went, I'm going to exit the facility now. <laughs> like, no, like it preached about anything else. You know what? Talk about money. Like I'm good with money, but forgiveness, that's a whole different ballgame. And so because there's a wound and there's a name, or maybe there was an offense that was done and you're like, man, that is so painful. And, and, and so maybe it's a fresh wound because something happened, you know, last week or two weeks ago, or maybe it's a wound that, that's just wide open from something that was done years ago. And you're like, man, this is, this is just really hard to hear. And so you're asking me to forgive. Or, or, or maybe you're here and you're like, man, I, I was wounded, but I feel like I've managed it. I've, I've repressed it. I've pushed it down into the bottom of my heart. And so, so we're moving forward. This thing's really good. Um, but when you hear their name or there's something that triggers you, and all of a sudden that vein in your neck or that vein in your head pops out and you're like, maybe, maybe I haven't. Maybe I haven't done that. And so, so you, you, you felt like, man, I, I, maybe I've, I've tried to process through this wound, but every time I hear something, then all of a sudden that wound is reopened. And so maybe for others, your wound has become a scar. You're like, well, well what's the difference? Like, I don't understand. There's a wound, there's a scar. Uh, scars remind us of the wound that was there. 
right? Scars, scars say, man, I have processed through. I, through the power of the Holy Spirit, there was a wound that turned into some unforgiveness and there was bitterness and there was anger and there was rage. But, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, I, I, the thing that was done to me or the person who's done it, I no longer hold them accountable because I have walked through the healing process and Jesus has made me whole. And so now you have a scar that's a reminder because here's what happens. Sometimes we're like, oh, you want to talk about forgiveness? Nope. Because if I forgive, that means what was done to me, it's like it never happened. Or, or, or it's like I'm, I'm letting the person off the hook because there should be a penalty, right? They should have to pay something for what they said, for what they did, for, for, for their hatred that they had, and you can fill in the blank. Did you know that Jesus has scars from his wounds? Think about it. We talked about it on Easter, right? I think he gets a bad rap sometimes. We call him Doubting Thomas. His name's Thomas, but we call him Doubting because he doubted, but we may all have been in the same boat, right? And so you got to be careful the labels you put on somebody else because you may be wearing them yourself. Uh, and so here Thomas is, and Thomas is like, oh, I'm not going to believe. You guys, I get you're fine, but until I can put my hand, until I can see those scars, nothing. I'm not going to do it. And so there's scars. You see, the cross happened, but so did forgiveness. The cross happened. There were hundreds of eyewitnesses, so the cross took place, but so did forgiveness. You were here with a scar, but you've been able to walk and process, and now you're walking in freedom that Jesus has given to you as he's made you healed and hold. And I just know today that God's going to set some captives free, that you've walked in hurt, but you're going to walk out healed, right? You've walked in with some pain and you're like, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk out free. I've been captive for too long. And, and I have a feeling, even as I'm talking about forgiveness, there's a name. And you're like, mm, nope. I don't know if I can do that. Here, here's what I know, is that Jesus is able to do more immeasurably above all that we could ask if we will just lean in for a moment. So, so we have a tendency to go, ah, I don't want to experience that. This is going to bring up some pain, some frustration, and I, I just don't want to feel that. I would encourage you not to back away, but to lean in this moment yeah. and say, okay, Jesus, what is it that you want to do through me? And maybe you're here and you're like, Pastor Lance, you, you, you just don't know. You don't know. You don't know what they did. You don't know what so-and-so said to me. You don't know what I've walked through. And you know what the truth is? I don't. I don't know. And I'm not here to minimize or say it's, it's not extremely painful. And here's, here's the other thing I know is, is sometimes, right, it's even, we can, we can forgive maybe an offense that was done to us, but you do something to somebody we love, and you're like, ah, like you say something to me, ah, okay, I forgive you. Like, hey, that was a horrible sermon. Ah, okay, I'll forgive you. Maybe your ears are broken. I don't know what it is, but, but you know, we'll forgive you. But you do something, like you do something to my children or to my wife, Oh, that's, that's different, right? That's a different, that's a game changer. Uh, a couple months ago, Pastor Angel got up to preach. I was not aware of this at the time, okay? So she got up to preach and somebody got up and walked out. Oh, and so at the time, I didn't, I didn't know this. And so it was, uh, when, he was when the person was leaving, it was like, oh, females should not be preaching. They should not be communicating the word of God, right? So afterwards I was talking to her and she was like, you know what? It's in that moment where I just forgive. And I was like, I got you, boo. You forgive. But if I would have known, right, and he would have walked out the door, how many of you know I'd have been like, 
You see, you got some explaining to do. Like I would have hunted him down. I would have prayed for him. I would have laid hands on in Jesus' name. Like it would have been fine. It would have been fine. (sighs) But it's hard when someone hurts somebody that we love. And so I just want you, I just want to acknowledge and be honest. I don't know what you've walked through. But I know that Jesus does. And he's the one here to heal to make whole, and so will you just lean in? Because I know that if we will process biblically today that there is an opportunity for wholeness and healing, if we will allow the Spirit to do His work, right, then I know something great will happen because maybe it was somebody at work, right? They, they chucked you under a bus and you're like, that was painful, and now they're, they're still holding you captive. Or, or maybe it was a close friend who be- betrayed your trust. Maybe, maybe it was a mom or dad you know, that, that just spoke evil over you, or, or maybe they even abandoned you. Maybe it could be your child, right? They rejected you in some form or fashion, or maybe there was a spousal betrayal where there was lies or pornography or something else that broke that marital vow, or, or maybe you're angry at someone and they're no longer living because they hurt you, they crushed you, and they never made it right, right? There, there should have been a moment, there should have been an apology and now that moment won't happen. Or maybe you're here and you're like, I'm angry at God, right? Because I prayed, I prayed and I knew that God was big enough. He was, he was more than able. Like I had the faith of a mustard seed and I was speaking to that mountain to be moved and it didn't move and he didn't answer. And so now there's some bitterness. I've been praying all week that what was impossible for man would be possible with God that you could experience the peace, the power, the presence of the Holy Spirit in an area that you've been hanging on to, that unforgiveness that has taken a root of bitterness. And so today I'm praying that you would find freedom and to be set free and to be able to forgive those who've hurt you. And so what do we gotta do? We gotta turn to the scripture. How do we forgive those who've hurt you? How do we, how do we forgive someone who, who you love that betrayed you? And, and there's lots of reasons, but I'm gonna give you two biblical reasons this morning. The first one is this, is unforgiveness hurts me. Unforgiveness hurts me. Hebrews 12, 15 says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, that no bitter root grows up because trouble that causes trouble and defile many. The scripture tells us that love keeps no record of wrongs, but bitterness keeps a detailed record. Right, love says, man, I, I, I see, I know, but I'm gonna let the past be in the past. And so when we have, you know, when we have this intense fellowship, you know, as, as spouses, we don't fight, we just have intense fellowship. When we do that, we don't bring up what happened three months ago or a year ago or five years ago because it's love and we keep no record of wrong. But bitterness has a journal. Like, oh, do you remember on April 5th, 1993, what you said to me? Uh, no. Do you know what you were wearing? Do you know the tone in your voice? No, I don't remember any of that. Well, let me tell you, because I have it written down because I have not been able to move past that moment of my life. And so let's, let's allow love to win instead of bitterness. Let's not keep that record and let that, let that just go for a little bit. I love what Anne Lamott says. She says, unforgiveness is like drinking rat poison and hoping it kills the other person. Right, like, oh, you take this and I know it's, I'm gonna drink it so that you can experience the consequences. That's not the way it works. And that's what unforgiveness is like. So why should we forgive? Because unforgiveness hurts me. Josh, I need you to do me a favor. So I gave you a specific task 
to write down someone that's either wounded you or there's a grievance, and then you flushed it down the toilet. I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go get that back. So if you could just climb, if you could just take the toilet off, hopefully you didn't put it in the urinal, and just take the toilet off. Uh, it's about, so the, the, the way this building was designed, uh, the sewer system is behind us, and so it's about 1,000 feet of piping uh, that runs to the sewer. So if you could just climb into that and dig that out and then find your grievance, that would be amazing. How many know that Josh is a very smart, intelligent man and has has he is not thinking about going back into that drain to find that grievance because he knows what's in that drain. He knows what's been flushed in that toilet. He knows what's sitting as a cesspool at the end of that grievance. Yet don't we do that in our life, right? Oh, I'm gonna forgive and I'm gonna let it go. And then we jump back into that drain. We jump back into that sewage and go, no, I need to find that. That's, that's, that's so painful. That's unforgiveness hurts me. And so we don't want to jump back in. We want to be able to let it go and say, God, I know that you're in this and you're going to move and you're going to bring about a healing and we just need to move forward. So we need to be willing to forgive because it hurt. if not, it hurts me. The second thing, if you're taking notes, is we have to be willing to forgive because I will need forgiveness again. Again. In Matthew 6, 14. Uh, 14 through 15, it says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. Isn't that wonderful? If you forgive, he forgives. This is beautiful. Now understand, this is not Lance Perovsky giving you um, uh, just some food for thought, just some ideas, just, hey, you could take it or leave it. This is the word of God that we need to apply to our lives and say, okay, what is it that you have for me, Lord? And look how it finishes. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. So this isn't just a holy suggestion that we can ignore. This is some commandments that we need to be obedient to. Hey, we need to forgive others because our father has forgiven us. Jesus uh, told a story uh, in the book of Matthew chapter 18. Uh, it was a parable about a master who had a servant. And so he tells this story and the servant owed the master 10,000 talents. Now understand, you may read that and you're like, oh yeah, that's, that's, that's really bad. He owes him 10,000 talents. I don't know how much money that was in biblical times, but that seems like, uh, that's a lot, right? And so you read past it and you move on and you're like, but he should forgive. Well, understand, um, there, I did a little bit of research. Uh, there's an article that I read that said that, that 10,000 talents was about 150,000 years of labor, which means that the servant owed the master about $2 billion, we read it like 10,000, oh, that's bad. Put it in perspective that today, it would be like someone owing you $2 billion. I don't know about you, but I wish someone owed me $2 billion because that meant I had $2 billion to give, right? That'd be great. And so now there's this, this dialogue and Jesus is sharing this parable and he says that the servant is begging. And the, the text even tells us he was unable, it was impossible for him to pay back that debt. And he begs the master, master, would you forgive this debt? And the master forgives the servant, wipes the slate clean. You do not owe me anything back. Now that servant then goes back home and that servant in his town has a servant. So now he's the master and that servant owes him a day. Like this is it. This is all you're going to owe me. And then he says, will you forgive me? And the one who had been forgiven now has a chance to, to let, that, that, let that repeat itself. And he tells his servant, no, 
I will not. And so Jesus finishes up with the story, and this is what the Bible says in Matthew 18, 32 through 34. It says, then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. It's interesting to me, at least in my life, how quick I am to receive mercy and how slow I am to give it. Right? And it shouldn't it be equal that we are quick to receive it and we are as equal as quick to give it because it has been given to us and we should be willing to give it to others. So Pastor Lance, how do we forgive? How do, man, the heart, my heart's been ripped out of my chest. How do we forgive other people? Right? Someone has done something to me, not just once, but for years, maybe even decades, and there's pain, and, and someone hurts somebody I loved, and how do I forgive? Let me give you two quick thoughts from the scripture. This is the first one. You need to pray for those that hurt you. You gotta pray for those who hurt you. Now, some of you are like, oh, I got that prayer, <laughs> right? Herpes and hemorrhoids, that's what you're gonna get. Like, there's, <laughs> like I'm gonna pray you get struck with lightning, not that you die, but I want you medium well. Like, I want you to experience something that I have experienced. And so, but that's not what the text is asking us. Jesus is our model, and so what he models, we need to put into action. When the creation was mocking the creator on the cross, what was Jesus' response? Father, forgive them. Creation is mocking the creator. And Jesus' response on the cross was, Father, forgive them. Now understand that, that Jesus had taught on prayer and on forgiveness in Matthew chapter 5. He said, this is what Jesus said. He said, you've heard it said, as in, you know the customs, you know the laws. This is the way it used to be. You've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now understand for them, when, you, when, when Jesus said, oh, love your love your." neighbor and hate your enemy, that was, that was their normal. That would have been their custom, right? The, the, Roman, the Romans uh, and the guards that would have been there and all the people that would have been there, they, they used to worship a God of revenge. So for them, this is normal. Like, oh, hate my enemy? I got that because I'm always about seeking revenge. And the Jewish people would have understood what was happening because they were taught eye for eye, tooth for tooth, life for life, Right? Oh, I chop off my brother's arm, my brother chops off my arm. So this is, this is their custom, this is their pattern. And then all of a sudden, Jesus, I love how Jesus talks, he says something shocking. Like, I'm gonna go the complete opposite. This is what you know, you've heard it said. And then he says, but I tell you. Oh, this is what used to be, and now this is what's going to be, because Jesus said, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for them. Pray for those who persecute you. And chances are, if you're anything like me, you're pretty good at saying, oh, I, I don't know if I can pray for them because I don't feel like it. Can I just let you know something? It takes right actions to trigger right feelings. Sometimes you need to move into action in order for your brain to be able to process that feeling, those emotions. And so it's like that, oh, you want me to fake it? No, I want, I want you to be genuinely praying for that individual. A couple of years ago, um, I've been pastoring for 21 years now. Uh, there was an individual who, who sat me down and uh, had people in the room, and they began telling me for about an hour, berating me of all the things that I've ever done wrong in ministry. And I was like, oh, this is, this is not the way I thought this conversation was gonna go. And, and just saying negative things, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and on, and on, and on, and on. And uh, the conversation ends, and everybody leaves, and it was in that moment where I went, 
understand that I, I was not raised in church, okay? So to me, that this was not the way church people were supposed to speak to you. And, uh, and so I was like, if this is the way it's gonna be, I don't want any. I'm done. I, I know God called me to be a pastor, but for sure I could probably move somewhere and make more money and not live where one day it's 85 and the next day it's 30, okay? Like, I, I could do that. <laughs> My wife's like, bro, you can pastor in the, uh, warmer states too. I'm like, I got, but we're here, okay, boo, I got you. Uh, but here's the deal. I was like, ah. And I just remember the Lord dealing with me saying, you gotta pray for your enemies. Okay. So here's how I start praying. Lord, bless them. That's all I would say bless them. I'm not sure if I meant it every time I prayed it, but I would just pray bless them. And then I would, I kind of moved on, went up the ladder. I was like, bless them. And Lord, I pray that you would, you would do a great work in their life. And then I started praying, bless them, do a great work in their life. Ah, would you begin to change their heart? And then what I realized over time, as I grew in that prayer, I started to be able to not pray for them, for God to change their heart. But I began to pray, God, would you change my heart? Because my prayer for others may or may not change them, but my prayer for others will always change me. Right? It's not, it may not change them, but your prayer for somebody else is going to change you because you're going to be able to see people the way that God sees them. You're going to see them and go, man, I, I, I shouldn't have that feeling. I should be willing to forgive. I should be willing to move on. And so we have to pray for those who hurt us. And the second thing is we have to forgive as you have been forgiven. How do you forgive? Again, the model is Christ. So how did he forgive? Colossians 3.13, he tells us, bear with each other. Doesn't, doesn't bear sound like tension? Like, like maybe some struggle? And so we bear. That doesn't mean you walk out. It doesn't mean you give up. It doesn't mean you walk away. It means you bear. There's some tension and there's some strife. And so you, you bear with one another, but then you forgive one another. And if any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, what if, what if social media existed in biblical times? Would the text still speak for itself? Or, or would there would be an addendum? Like, hey, whatever you've walked through, whatever experience you've had in your life, just want you to know if you've been hurt, the best platform is not forgiveness, but bitterness. And when that bitterness creeps in, I want you to go to social media and I want you to tell everybody in the world your grievances. You know what? Tag them in it. Let the world know. No, I don't think even if social media existed that the text would change. I think the text would speak for itself. That if we have a grievance against someone, it instructs us to forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Peter, one day, he, he's, you know, he's always bold. and He's, he's asked Jesus, like, Jesus, how, how, like, you talk about forgiveness. How much should we forgive? He throws out a, a number that I, I think is a decent number. I, I thought it was pretty high. <laughs> right? And he's like, Lord, Seven? Like, should we forgive somebody seven times a day? Like, for an offense, is that? Jesus is like, yeah, Peter, that's great. That's a really good number. He's like, I'm gonna use your number, but I'm gonna use it as a multiplier. So I want you to forgive seven times 70. Now, I'm no mathematician, but that's 490 times. Now, I've used this illustration before. It would be like someone in the parking lot after church backing their car up into your car. And you would walk out there and be like, it's okay. We have insurance. This is not a big deal. All is forgiven. And then 489 more times, they do the same thing over and over and over again. And your response is, bless you. I love you. I forgive you. That's, isn't that seem, it almost seems irrational. But what Jesus is trying to let us know is that we need to forgive as we have been forgiven. Now, Pastor Lance, what about, what about a situation where it's extremely toxic and even abusive? What am I supposed to do then? 
Do I just stay and forgive and let them continue to hit and abuse? I want you to know that you should get out and you should forgive from a distance. You can still forgive. Forgiveness is not like, oh, I want you back in so you can continually do what you've always done. If you're a lady in the room, you're watching online and someone is hitting you, I want you to know that you should talk to someone. You should, you should let someone know so that they can help. There are plenty of men at Radiant Life Church who are barely saved that would love to talk with you. I was just kidding. Right? And so, so we, we, we seek forgiveness. We seek it. And we desire it because he has forgiven us and we need to forgive each other. Let's, let me do another show of hands. How many of you have received forgiveness from Jesus? Isn't that powerful? Right? It feels so amazing to be set free. It's, it feels so amazing to be forgiven. Can I ask you another question? What did you, what did you do to earn that? What did you do to deserve it? Okay, I'm not gonna ask by a show of hands for this one. Just process with me for a moment. How many of you were like, oh, I've received his forgiveness, and then you think of one thing you've done. How many of you have done that thing over and over and over and over again, and he's forgiven you every single time? Why? It's who he is. It's his nature. It's his character to be loving and merciful and gracious and forgiving. And so we need to forgive as he has forgiven us. You see, forgiveness Hear me on this. Forgiveness is not only for you to receive, but it's for you to freely give. We receive it and we want to give it. Uh, in 1992, there was a gentleman um, by the name of Larry Trapp. And Larry Trapp was a dragon. You're like, mm, that's weird. A dragon with the KKK. He was of power and prestige. And there was a gentleman in his, in his town named Michael Wisser. And Michael would go to synagogue every week. And Larry didn't like Michael. And so Larry would send death threats to Michael on the daily. He would come after him with hatred, with vile. And he would just begin every single day and go after Michael and blast him and, 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 and show up at his place of employment and terrorize this man's life. But in 1992, Larry tore up all his materials and all his flags and he burned everything. And he denounced the hatred that was in his heart from the KKK. And you're like, what, what happened? Was there a moment? Larry found himself at the end of his life. And because of all his hatred, no one would take care of him. And he was dying a slow death. And of all the people on planet Earth, Michael Wisser allowed Larry to move in with him and loved him and forgave him and took care of him till his dying breath. And Larry said, I don't know why he would love me. I don't know why he would forgive me for all the things, but because of that kind of love that Michael showed me, I couldn't help but love him in return. See, we choose to forgive. And when we choose to forgive, the prison, the prison cell doors that have held us captive fling wide open. But it's not wide open so the person who had hurt you can walk in. It's so you can walk out in freedom. And so today we have a choice to make. Will we choose to forgive? If you're in bondage to bitterness, may the spirit of the living God touch your heart today. 
There could be a miracle moment, a breakthrough moment, if you will just lean in and say, Holy Spirit, what is it that you'd have for me? And so today, when you walked in, you got one of these cards. You didn't know what this card was gonna be for, but on the seat back in front of you, there's pens, if you didn't bring one. And so I'm gonna ask you to do something very brave today. I'm gonna give you three steps, because all of you, one of you may fall into one of these areas. The first question that I would ask you is, who hurts you that you need to forgive? And so I'm gonna encourage you to take a pen out and I want you to write their name down. So write it on there. This is the person I need to forgive. Or maybe, maybe you, you feel like, man, I've forgiven the person, but the grievance that was done, what was said, what was spoken over me, what, what happened to me is so hard for me to walk through. Would you do me a favor? And if that's you, would you just write that grievance down? Write those words down. Write that action down. Would you write that down on this piece of paper? Or maybe you're here this morning and you're the one who caused the pain. Maybe it's something you said. Maybe it's something you did. And you say, God, would you give me the strength to be able to forgive myself? And so maybe you have to write your own name now. So you're either gonna write down the name of someone who's hurt you, you're gonna write down a grievance that was done to you and you feel like, man, I'm stuck in it. And it's, it's like that record player that's just the needles worn and it's just playing the same thing over and over and over again. And today, the prayer is that the prison, as that prison door opens up, it's not for that grievance to continually remind you, it's for you to be able to walk out of this place today in freedom and wholeness through the person and the power of Jesus Christ. I'll close with this scripture because we get to this moment where it's like, we've heard the word, now we have to apply it. We're hearers and doers. And here, I love this. It's from Colossians chapter two, verse 14. This is from the message. I want you to read it. It says, think of it. All sins forgiven, the slate wiped clean, the, that old arrest warrant canceled and nailed to Christ's cross. That's what he's able to do. Everything, the, the, that $2 billion, you racked up the same debt and you couldn't pay it. Yet that bill today is wiped clean, slate clean. Forgiveness is possible when it's nailed to Christ's cross. And so today, when you, when the, we're in a moment, I'm gonna pray, the worship team's gonna sing. And in a moment, when you're done writing who it is, what it was, or yourself, there are two crosses that were not here last week that are on either side of the stage. There are three staplers at the bottom of those crosses. All you have to do is take the head of that stapler, put it on the wood and push it with your palm. And what you're gonna do is say, Jesus, I'm nailing this unforgiveness to your cross. And I don't want it anymore. I don't wanna be bound. I don't wanna be stuck. I don't wanna be controlled. I wanna live in the power of your forgiveness because you have forgiven me, I will forgive others. And would you allow the Holy Spirit to do a mighty work in your life? So if you can, grab that little card. Jesus, I pray, Lord, that today there would be peace, there would be wholeness, that you would set free. God, whatever it is that's holding us captive, whatever that bitterness is, whoever that person is, Jesus, today we relinquish control to get even because you have already made us victors. So Jesus, today, would you make us whole through the power of your Holy Spirit as we come to the altar today, as we nail this unforgiveness to the cross, would you set us free in your name? And after you're done, if you wanna turn back to your seats, you can, or if you just wanna stay at the altar and just have an encounter with Jesus, I just encourage you to squeeze into the middle, raise your hands, lift your voice and say, Jesus, help me to forgive.
the way that you have forgiven me. Bye. Wow. 
forgiveness was bought away the precious blood of Jesus Christ who oh, come to the altar the Father's arms are open wide forgiveness was bought with the precious blood come on let's sing that together I don't believe that service is over in this moment. I believe that God still has some work that he wants to do in this room, and we're not gonna rush that. So what we are gonna do is we're gonna give you the opportunity to come to the Savior who gave his life, who eagerly surrendered his life for you and for me. And if you're in this room and you don't know the Savior that so many people across this front are crying out to, now is your time. Don't delay, don't wait. Nobody cares, the, the, the nervousness that you feel is not of God. Everybody in this room is gonna celebrate with you and for you. Now is your time. And some of you are processing through what it's gonna look like to forgive yourself to forgive that person that you just surrendered to Jesus Christ. If you need some more time to process, these altars are open for me and for you. Because we serve a savior that delights when we come to his altar and we bow down before him so that he gets to be Lord. That's how it's done. And sometimes it needs a physical act of surrender. It's more than a just, I know it in my head, but I'm gonna walk it forward with my feet and I'm gonna bow down before him and I'm gonna let him do his holy work in me. And so today, let Jesus 
do what He needs to do in your life. No more running, no more fighting, no more hiding. Not only do forgiven people forgive people, but heal people heal people. We're gonna leave this place being a healing agent of Jesus Christ. I encourage you, don't leave this room until you're ready for that moment, for your, until you're ready for that kind of a walk in faith. And if you need to go, this is your chance. Please leave, do what you need to do if you've, if you've reached that point. But if not, friends, this is a holy moment. This is a sacred moment. Let's solidify this before the presence of a holy God. The Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was part with The precious blood of Jesus Christ Will come to the altar The Father's arms are open wide every voice we sing that together Sing on. 
this attitude of worship, I just want you to keep your eyes closed for a moment. We, we love to make allowances. When I say allowances, the Spirit's able to do what the Spirit's able to do here at Radiant Life Church. And uh, so when someone feels like, hey, I have a word that I need to share, um, an encouragement for the church, and uh, I believe that this word is for someone here today. Tim, would you come? And uh, I just want you to listen, right? Maybe, maybe this is for you. Maybe it's for somebody else. Maybe it's for someone online. But I know it's for someone in this room today. So I have this testimony. I, um, I, there was this year that I, the word I had for that year was peace. And so as I, I was coming to that end of the year, I, I. I realized that there was this bitterness that I had been carrying around, um, but I had kind of denied it. I didn't realize I was carrying that bitterness around. And so I realized that it was clogging up, like it was clogging up my relationship with God and the joy and the peace that I had. And so I knew I needed to forgive, and so I started to bring that to God. And and He He did it in me. I couldn't do that forgiveness on my own. He did that forgiveness in my heart. And it freed me and it gave me this peace. And it's changed the way I view that person. I, I couldn't change that person, but it changed me and it changed how I view them. And I wanted to say this. I didn't realize at the time that every time that person's name came up, I wanted, I felt like I needed to just say some kind of dig or some kind of negative thing. And I was released from that. So now when that name comes up, I speak positively about that person and I see them in a whole different light and so giving that over it did bring this peace and it did allow my joy to be restored and this last thing I felt I needed to share was that I I needed to realize that sometimes we have to forgive that same person or that same events offense more than once sometimes it comes up and we just have to immediately hand it back over to God and ask him to help you forgive again. We take them off the hook for what we've done and we may have to do it again, but God empowers us to do that. So that's my testimony to share with you this morning. Amen, thank you. Thank you for your obedience, Kim, I appreciate that. You know, it takes, it takes bravery to be like, I feel like this is something I'm supposed to share. And when she was sharing it with me, I was like, oh no, it's, it's meant for you to share today beyond a shadow of a doubt. And so maybe you've already walked over to that cross and you've nailed, right? You're like, no, and I've forgiven and I've moved on. But maybe just as she closed and she said, but then their name came back up and I knew I had to forgive and I had to, I had to do it again and say, God, there, I, want, I don't want this offense. And so maybe today that's where you find yourself. You just walked from here back to your seat and yet you've, maybe you're still holding on. And so for just a few more moments, Let's continually seek that peace that pastors all understanding, that peace where you go, there's no way I can forgive that person. And now in this moment, there's an opportunity for you to forgive again and again and again. And so if you feel comfortable as a sign of surrender saying, Jesus, I want to forgive. I don't want to hold on anymore. I don't want that bitterness. I want that peace. I want that peace to flow from my head to my feet. And I don't want to be held captive. Would you just lift your hands toward heaven? And would you just begin to sing out? Lord, you are great. And we're going to praise you for who you are. May all the earth include us today. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will.
close and pray over you and blessing and we're going to continue to play music from the sound booth so if you guys want to have that ready and you are free to stay you are free to stay and just continue and say God I need I need I need forgiveness and I need to continually forgive that person we want you to know this is a, a place for you to stay as long as you want if you're here today and, and I just feel like I'm supposed to ask and I just want to pray with you with no one looking around if you had a card and you couldn't put nothing and you know you needed to put something, but you just, you're like, I'm not there yet. I need, I, I need more time. I, it's that painful and you couldn't walk up, but you want to because you know in your heart you want to. If that's you, with no one looking around, would you do me a favor? Would you just slip your hand up? Because I just want to pray with you today. This isn't a shameful moment. This is a, just a, a transparency, honesty moment. So Jesus, I pray for every hand. There's grievance, there's pain, there's anguish. It, it, Lord, I feel like someone walked through something for decades. And Father, they want to forgive and they want to forgive if, if you has forgiven them. So Father, I pray that, that by your spirit that you would continually move and speak to their heart, Jesus. That you would continually draw them closer to you so that forgiveness would be possible. So, Father, I pray, even as we leave today, that your blessing would go with us, your favor. Lord, I pray that as we leave today, that we would walk out with freedom, freedom knowing that, that you have forgiven and we have forgiven. So, Lord, thank you for your unconditional love that constantly forgives and consistently forgives. And, Lord, thank you for modeling what forgiveness looks like. Lord, I pray that you would continually do a work in us that forgiveness, forgiveness wouldn't just win today, but it would win tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday because it's who you are and it's who we want to be. So Jesus, help us to be more like you and less like ourselves. 
And that means we'll be conduits and agents of love and of mercy and of grace and forgiveness. In Jesus' name. Again, just be respectful as people tarry and stay at the altar. So I just ask when you leave, leave quietly. We're going to leave the doors closed. And that way there's, there's moments in here and you're free to grab your kids if you know you, you need to leave. But if you want to stay, just grab a seat and let's just continue to worship and pray and seek the face of God.